Well, my name is Rick, and I am so glad to be back. I've been out for a few weeks on a study break. So if you've been watching online, uh, you've enjoyed the teaching of Taylor and then Zane last week, and I thought they did a great job. But I've got to tell you, I'm just so excited to be back. In fact, I'm so excited that like those young guys, I thought I would go and buy a pair of skinny jeans to wear today. But when the sales clerk found out my age, she called the police and I almost got arrested. So I won't be rocking any skinny jeans, but I did do two things to let you know how excited I am to be back. One, I have prepared some discussion questions for this lesson and for each lesson in this series, you can go online and download them for family devotionals, for personal devotional, and especially for small groups, because we know that if you take the next step and process with people what you heard, you will get a lot more out of the sermon. And the other thing I did, and I do this all the time, is I have prepared an outline for you to take notes on. Now, I know that you do not have to take notes of a sermon to go to heaven. But when you get to heaven, if they found out you were a note taker, you get to go to the fast pass line for all the coolest rides. Because that's in the Bible, book of Leviticus. See, actually it's not, but preachers do that a lot. See, we've been reading the Bible this year, our million chapter challenge. I have read more in the Bible this year than any year in my life by far. And I've had the neat experience of finding a verse or a saying or a story and saying, oh yeah, I forgot that's in the Bible. But I've also had the experience of realizing that many things that we just assume are in the Bible aren't actually there. And why is that a problem if you don't realize that? Well, you've heard the story perhaps of the man that was pulled over for speeding. And the officer asked for his driver's license. And he said, I don't have a valid driver's license. Well, can I see your car registration? Well, I stole this car, but I think I saw something in the glove box when I put the gun in there. You got a gun? How else was I going to rob a bank? The money's in the trunk. Immediately, the officer calls for backup. Soon, six cars with lights flashing surround this guy. Guns pulled. They get him out of the car, stretch him out over the hood, frisk him. And the sergeant in charge quickly discerns this guy does have a valid driver's license. It is his car. It's not stolen. There is no gun. There is no money. And he asked the guy, my officer said, you robbed a bank. You had a gun. You stole a car. You didn't have a license. And the fellow said, yeah, I bet he told you I was speeding too. Mark Twain said, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. And there's so much wisdom in that, especially when it comes to the Bible, because many know for sure Notions they think are in the Bible that are not there. For example, what verse is this? God helps those who help themselves. Where do you find that in the Bible? So you don't. You find it in First American 1776. 
Because that's an American value, but it's not in the Bible. Or how about this verse? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Now that's got to be in the Bible because my grandmother said that every day when I was a kid. But actually it's from Glad Tidings 3.16. You see, we all have these popular sayings and cliches that fit well on a bumper sticker or a refrigerator magnet. And they're given the weight of Scripture without actually being Scripture. In fact, some of them are not just not in the Bible, but they are actually unbiblical. And that can be dangerous. So back in 1999, there was an earthquake in Turkey. That destroyed a village in the mountains. But here's the backstory: story. 30 years earlier, the Turkish government had gone to that village and said, you have built this town right on top of a major fault line. You need to move your homes. But they did not want to go to that hassle. So they convened an assembly and they got out the regional maps and they redrew the fault lines. And for 30 years, it gave everybody peace and accelerated real estate values until the earthquake came. Because truth will ultimately and always reveal where the lines need to be drawn. And you can believe something is true. And if it proves not to be true, it can be devastating. Because sounds true will not set you free. We finished this study called Alive and Free. Where we learned that Jesus in resurrection power wants to set us free to experience the life he died for us to have. And many people live in bondage because of things they think that are not true. Jesus said the truth will set you free. But sounds true will not. It doesn't matter how hard you believe it, how much you believe it. Sincerity alone will not guarantee liberty. You can believe your way into bondage and disaster. And many people have done that. Because they have lived their lives by maps with redrawn lines. Lines that do not show up in God's map. Let me give you some examples. God has a plan for your life. Now that has to be true because I saw that on a coffee mug for sale at a Christian bookstore. But where is that in the Bible? God will never give you more than you can handle. That must be true because I saw that on a poster. But where does the Bible say that? Everything happens for a reason. Now I know that's true because I saw that on Facebook. And you can't put it on the internet unless it's true. 
You see, the danger in these little bromides that we tell people is that when they don't work, people get mad at God for not keeping promises he never made in the first place. What you know that just ain't so will not help you go free. Or to put it another way, it does not follow that what you follow is true just because it sounds true. For example, what about the phrase, follow your heart? We hear this all the time. We give it as counsel to people needing advice or something similar like, just go with your gut. Just let your conscience be your guide. Just do whatever your heart is telling you to do. What book does that verse come from? Well, you find it in Song of Disney 2015. Because that's not in the Bible. In fact, the Bible says the exact opposite. Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Don't depend on what you feel inside is right. You don't trust your heart. You trust the Lord with your heart. Because here's the thing you've got to know about your heart. The Bible is very consistent in saying that my heart is not a trustworthy moral compass. You see, behind the saying, follow your heart, is the belief that your heart will always take you to the right place if you just have the courage to obey it. It is built on, I think, a faulty assumption that we have within ourselves the inner moral resources to always choose the good, the right, the best, the most noble thing. But is that true? Isn't it more true? That we have an amazing capacity to underestimate how much we overestimate ourselves. Let me illustrate. There is a matchmaking website called OkCupid that helps people who want to meet people on the internet connect. And you fill out a profile so they can match you with someone like you. And one of the questions is... Are you a genius? And two out of every five people say, yes, I am a genius. Now, I don't know what the percentages are. I know to join a group like Mensa, you have to be in the 99th percentile of IQ. So generously, we could say maybe one person in a hundred qualifies as a genius. But two out of every five people think they are. By the way, to break it down further, 
30% of one sex consistently said, I am a genius. 50% of the other sex said, yeah, I'm a genius. You want to guess which sex that was? It was the men, which I could have told you because, well, I'm kind of a genius. We underestimate our capacity to overestimate how good and wise and moral we really are. The Bible is much more pessimistic about our inner moral compass. Let me just show you some verses like Jeremiah 17 verse 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? You see, all through the Bible, what you read is God's word saying the heart is not the solution. The heart is the problem. You're too hard hearted. Your heart is too prone to wander away from the Lord. Paul says, as he reflects on the rebellion of all humanity and how God has turned us over to the consequences of our rebellion, God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desire. Your heart's desire is to do things that are an affront to God. All kinds of damage has been done in this world by people who followed their hearts. Many people have been hurt by others who were just following their hearts. People wind up in all kinds of bondage. People literally are in prisons today because they just followed their heart. And if you're not convinced yet, let me give you a quote from the wisest man who ever lived and knew human nature better than anyone else. Jesus said, for from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. And you know it's true. Every one of us can look back at some point in our life and wish we had a do-over. Something we regret because we followed our heart. And my guess is everyone here can look back with thanksgiving at some time in your life when you are glad you did not follow your heart. You look back now and you're glad you didn't take that job. You didn't make that investment. You didn't marry that person that your heart was so infatuated with. You see, our hearts are too easily deceived. We can have total peace in our heart while we are doing something wrong that we don't even know is wrong. Paul, remember, said, when I was throwing Christians in prison... Men and women and children, knowing some of them would die, my conscience was totally clear. It was not bothering my heart to do that. You can do something totally wrong and have total peace in your heart. And we all know that we can convince our hearts that something is right Because we don't want it to be wrong. 
And if we just keep doing it long enough, our heart will be okay with it. And so many times, for example, I've spoken with the man or a woman who has announced their intention to walk out on their marriage, to abandon their children, to go be with the person they're having an affair with, who they've fallen in love with. And they will say, now preacher, I know you're probably going to say the Bible says it's wrong, but I don't see how God could think it's wrong to follow your heart. The heart can be an effective yellow light. And if your conscience is bothering you, you need to stop and step back and ask why. But the heart is not a trustworthy green light. Don't go do something just because the heart says to. The heart has a voice, but the heart should never be given the final word. Because the heart is not very discerning. But, here's the good news, the heart can be discipled. The heart does not need to be followed, the heart needs to be led. And you can train your heart to go where it needs to go. We do this all the time. Some examples from my life. I did not grow up as a boy liking the sport of soccer. I didn't understand it. But then my three younger children wanted to play. And I wound up coaching 20 seasons of youth soccer. I went through a long season where there were cones and nets and balls always rattling around in my trunk. And I learned the game. I learned the strategy of the game. I learned the flow of the game. I learned that it was a beautiful game. I didn't do it because I had a heart for soccer. I had a heart for my children. And so I coached soccer and my heart joined me. As a boy, I was a picky eater. I didn't like any food that grew up out of the ground. (laughs) My theory was, okay, a tree is a plant. Cocoa grows on trees. Chocolate comes from cocoa. So if I'm having a candy bar, I'm having a salad. That theory doesn't work as you get older and hopefully wiser. So I determined to begin to eat foods that my heart did not desire. And guess what happened? Today, a spinach salad with broccoli and red peppers and carrots is one of my favorite things to eat because I led my heart. You know, I'm introverted. When our church began to have more expressive worship forms, I wasn't leading the charge. People would hold up their hands to God in praise. I didn't judge them, but I didn't want to do it. And then one time in worship, we're singing a song about lifting our hands to God. And I just felt conviction. Why am I telling God that I'm doing something I'm not doing? You know, I made a decision. From now on, if a song talks about lifting your hands to God, I'm going to do it. And guess what happened? As I did it, my heart began to follow. 
Now, I'm just telling you what I did. I'm not putting that on anyone else. I'm simply saying this is a true life principle. You can disciple your heart. Jesus gave the most universally true example of this. He's talking about possessions and money. And he asked the question, why do you think God blesses you with money? So that you can fill up your closet with clothes that are just going to get eaten by moths. Did God give you a lot of money just so that you can fill up your garage with stuff that's just going to rust? Or so that you can have the biggest barn on the block? Jesus said, no, God entrusted you with resources to invest in people and in eternal things. And then he said this in Matthew and Luke, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus did not say you put your money where your heart is. Jesus says your heart goes wherever you put your money. Do you want to have more passion For the things of God, then invest more of your time and more of your talents and more of your money in eternal things and your heart will follow. Jesus said so. Our hearts are not designed to be gods in which we believe. Our hearts are designed to believe in God. Jesus didn't say, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in your heart. Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in me. So you do not follow your heart as a way to obey God. You decide to obey God. And your heart will follow. So a couple of years ago, I went to see a movie called 42 about the great Jackie Robinson, first African-American to play Major League Baseball. The two main characters in the movie are Jackie Robinson, played by an actor named Chadwick Boseman, and Branch Rickey, the general manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, played by an actor named Harrison Ford. Well, that's his stage name. We all know he's Han Solo. And so Ricky is explaining to Robinson, if we do this, if I put you on the field, you can't just be a great player. You must be a great man. Because everywhere we go, you are going to face unrelenting expressions of racism. And if they curse you and you curse back, all people are going to hear is what you said. If they fight you and you fight back, all people are going to see is what you did. And there's a great moment in that movie where they have this exchange. Your enemy will be out in force and you cannot meet him on his own low ground. You want a player who doesn't have the guts to fight back? No. No. I want a player who's got the guts not to fight back. See, by the way, you should know Ricky and Robinson were both strong Christians. And what Ricky was saying is, don't let the heart and the instinct take over. 
but be the man Jesus called you to be. You see, you, whether you're doing it on purpose or not, are discipling your heart. So the question of the day then is, how are you leading your heart? Are you leading your heart by letting obedience trump? Because the heart does not tell us what is right. Jesus does. And right now, probably every one of you has at least one area of your life where Jesus is calling. But your heart is stalling. Let me tell a story I've told many times, and I'll tell many more times because it's the single story that shaped my life more than any other. So my parents didn't grow up in Christian homes. They didn't know how to love each other the Jesus way. And so as I was a boy, I remember a lot of yelling and a lot of fighting. And one day my mom said, I've had enough. And she took me and my little brother and she left. And for the next year of my life, I lived in one town. My dad lived in another. And there was nothing in their hearts that said reconcile. But my mom and dad tried. They started going to church. They started trying to do it God's way. And I watched two people fall in love in my own house. I watched them finish strong. And after 52 years of marriage before my mom died, they had a marriage anybody in this room would want to have. And I'm telling you, I'm standing here today preaching the gospel because my mother and father didn't follow their hearts. They decided to follow God. Follow your heart is not in the Bible. The Bible says, I need to follow Jesus with all my heart. You don't wait on your heart. You lead your heart. And Jesus knows it's hard. He knows our hearts are stubborn. And it's cool with Jesus. If you want to just admit a place in your life where your heart is stalling. So that's what we're going to do right now. I'd like you to bow your head, please. And the Holy Spirit has already put into your mind right now a place in your life where your heart is being stubborn. You need to forgive that person, but your heart doesn't want to. You need to confess that problem and ask for some help, but your heart's just too proud. You need to love that person. But they're just so difficult. Ask Jesus 
to help you disciple your heart. Oh God, our hearts are so fickle, prone to wander, stubborn. We need grace. We need strength. We need the filling of the Holy Spirit to disciple our hearts. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me ask you all to stand. If you're on our prayer team upstairs or downstairs, will you take your place? This is a time for you to lead your heart, to come forward and ask for prayer, to come forward and admit you got a problem, to come and confess Jesus and get baptized because you want to follow Jesus and not your heart. So please come while we worship.